The last couple of years have been one for the books to say the least. It is so exciting to get back to live audiences, whether it is a concert, sporting event, theater, etc. Whatever it is that you are looking for, I've got the perfect place for you. Megaseats.com. I know I'm not the only one who hates going to purchase tickets, seeing the ones you want, hitting that checkout button, and a price pops up and you're like, whose tickets are these? They cannot be mine. Well, with Megaseats.com, the price you see is the price you get. No, really. No hidden fees at checkout. Type in the code SSAW Network in all caps at checkout and also receive a 10% discount. Your next live event is just a click away. What's good, everybody? Happy 2022. Coming at you with the first show of the year after the new year. It's the Cover Zero Podcast hitting you with our recap for week 17. Josiah, joined by Henry as well. How you doing tonight, guys? I'm doing well. Doing well, too. Doing well. Hell Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all have a good new year? Great new year, man. Great new year. You know what no, I'm I, didn't. I had to work. Oh. Damn. Both that New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Dang, dang, the work. Get that bread, though, bro. Yeah, get get your bread. You know, I got the little man on the way, so I got to get this bread right. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. When, when's the little man due? February. It was February nineteenth, but the doctor moved it up one day to February eighteenth. Okay. If he comes early, you might have yourself a Super Bowl son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Around my B day too. Dang, that's crazy. That's crazy. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had a good New Year's myself, man. Uh, you know, me and my niggas, we, you know, we just drank a little bit, ate, you know what I'm saying? Ate good. You know what I'm saying? Nothing, nothing too crazy, you know, and mm-hmm. then top it off with with the Raiders winning. I mean, I just I, I can't ask for more. You know what I'm saying? This is yeah. a good good time to start the start the year. Yeah, I went over to a friend of mine's house. Uh his wife cooked up some delicious stuffed shells with crab. Oh man, so fire. And then after that, went over to the in-laws' house, uh, played some some board games, and drank some more. Had some several different good beers, and yeah, it was just overall a good night. And like you said, a Raiders win has you feeling in good spirits. Yes, sir. But on the other side of that coin, there's some teams that aren't necessarily in good spirits right now. As following this Sunday, the conclusion of it left 14 teams completely out of the playoffs: Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston. Both teams that reside in New York, the Giants and the Jets, along with the Carolina Panthers, Seattle Seahawks, Chicago Bears, the football team, Atlanta Falcons, Minnesota Vikings, Cleveland Browns, Miami Dolphins, and my favorite of all, bye-bye Denver Broncos. All of you guys that I just mentioned, thanks for playing. We will see you in 2022. Now, following this Sunday, we also had seven teams clinch a playoff spot. Actually, excuse me, six teams Six teams in the NFC and five in the AFC. So 11 total to clinch a playoff spot that we will see in the postseason. In the AFC, 
you will see the Titans, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, and the Patriots. Seeding still to be determined with one game remaining. And then in the NFC, you have the Packers clinching, which we will get to a little bit more later on beyond that. You also have the Dallas Cowboys clinching. You have the Arizona Cardinals clinching. You have the Rams clinching, the Bucks clinching, and the Eagles clinching. So those teams are all still there, and the rest of the playoff is still to be filled out. But where we're going to start this Sunday show is kind of in a similar fashion to what we did last week. The Green Bay Packers right now locked up that number one seed. The road to the Super Bowl goes through Lambeau. Now, gentlemen, as we sit here right now, we all know that old adage that was put in forth by put in forth by Tuna and put in forth by Bill Parcells, that same dude. You are what your record says you are. But is this Packers team really the number one seed in your eyes, Henry? I believe so. Um, I feel like they can beat you in so many uh, different ways. Uh, if they need to, if they need to, you know, pound the rock, I feel like they can. With both those back, they got a bruiser, and then you know everybody knows what Aaron Jones can do. And then they can beat you if if, if Aaron Rodgers needs to pull off one of those miraculous passing games, they can beat you that way too. Um, and then they're also on the defensive side; they're still getting healthier. You know, Jair is out. I know he just got put on the COVID list, but he will be coming back. Uh, I believe Zadarius Smith also will be coming back. So, you know, you still got some key players over there that are still going to be coming back on the defensive side of the football over there. Uh, we already know what Devontae Adams can do, arguably the best wide receiver in, in the NFL right now. So, I think so. Uh, I know that a lot of people might think they probably have a little weakness over there with, with their run defense. We saw with Cleveland Brown. Cleveland Brown was literally getting about eight, nine yards per carry uh, last week versus them. Um, but I think they can probably sure that up a little bit. And, uh, and fix it over there. But, uh, yeah, to answer your question, I believe they are the best team in the NFL right now, and I believe they are truly the number one seed in the NFL. Yeah, they're looking really nice. Josiah, you and me have talked about this a lot on the show, and we've all mentioned this before. The NFC picture really is not as deep, at least, as the AFC is. But right. with the Packers sitting at the top of it, are you in agreement with Henry that as far as, you know, if you were to pick a team right now sitting here – early, early 22, early January football. Are the Packers at the top of the NFC to you? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with them. I'm going to say the Packers, man. You know, a little bit of biasness just because I did pick them to go to the Super Bowl, so I'm sticking with that. But I do feel like they're they're, they're playing the most complete football. I still feel like the Rams probably got, obviously, the most talent. But, you know, they just – they you know, they've been off and on, you know, these last five weeks and whatnot. But – you know, with the Packers, I love the way they're playing football right now. Like Henry said, he brought up some really good points. Them having players that's not there, that's going to be coming back. You know, uh, the way they're playing football right now, obviously you know what Aaron Rodgers can do. You know, he's not showing no no sign of no old age. Father Tom hasn't caught up to him yet. So he's able to sling the ball and, and make every pass he still needs to make. The running game is right there. You know, they 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 have their, their scat back. They have their bruiser. They they – they have it, you know, and so and, – and they're just playing well. They're, they're playing really well, you know, On and then the defense obviously is playing pretty solid. The run game is an issue. You know, we've seen what – like Henry said, we've seen what Cleveland was able to do, and they almost won off the run game. I mean, Cleveland – they and, and that's the scary part is because Baker didn't have a good game at all. What if they would have just ran the ball every single play? <laughs> they probably would. They I probably mean, got away from the game. I thought about that after the end of the game, like <laughs> – what if they just like did what they did with what the Patriots did with Mac Jones? Right. Baker, you get two passes. That's it. It, it just kept running. They, they, man, if if that would have happened, then they probably would have won that game. That's a crazy. That's how bad Baker can be at times. 
Mm-hmm. He's had his moments, but obviously over the last, you know, few games, he hasn't looked good at all. You know, I know he's dealing with injuries. Everybody's dealing with injuries at the, around this time. Mm-hmm. Everybody's yep. dealing with injuries. Everybody's banged up. You know, it is what it is. You have to play better. So that is a concern, the run game. But I don't think no team's perfect. You know, no team in the NFL, no team in the NFL you know, at all is perfect. But the the most, the team that's playing the most complete ball, most balanced football is the Packers. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree. They are definitely the number one seed for a reason. Yeah, we'll make that a clean sweep here as a whole entire pod is just latching on to the Packers right now as that team to beat in the NFC. I'm right there with you, and a lot of what, a lot of what that goes to it's in agreement with what both of you were saying, and you let it off with that, Henry. It's not only what the Packers have done up to this point, but it's who they're bringing back into the fold at the right time. And that's the biggest part of it. And it's not just like, sure, a lot of teams, like you said, Josiah, Everyone's hurt. Everyone's injured. Everyone has guys out. You're working through the depths of your roster into the doldrums of who you have at certain position groups, and you make it work. The Packers have done that, but the guys that they're missing out are not only starters, but they are all pros. They are arguably the best at their craft when you look at David Bakhtiari, when you look at Jair Alexander. So when you add that onto a team that's already sitting at 13-3 and and arguably has someone who's the best receiver in the NFL, I definitely think Devontae Adams is myself someone who's a at the top of the MVP list, wherever you end on this, this discombobulated 2021-2022 season, Aaron Rodgers could deliver a second one. So yeah, I don't see why you could say that any other team right now, up to this point, has showed more in the NFC than the Packers have. So yeah, I'm in 100% agreement about that. So yeah, Packers, we see you as a top seed, and we're going to see you in the playoffs. And another team and another group, or maybe another player, that we're going to move to next is who we saw on this Sunday. What person, what position, coach, something made you at least take pause, take notice, and be able to have to give your props to it. And as we sit here, first show of 2022, first I see you of 2022. What's up, player? I see you. Who do you got, Henry? Them goddamn bangers. What's up, player? I see you. Man, I don't want to admit it. <laughs> but I know hey, I'm gonna give credit and give props where the props is due. You know, last one, like, yeah, you know, he lit up our secondary, but shit, man, we was playing with eight stringers back there. So, what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase did today versus versus uh, the Kansas City Chiefs was something to keep put to put the league on notice. Like, yeah, this this duo yes. is for real. This duo, this is probably the best young duo in the whole NFL. It makes no sense how you know it, it literally the, the transition just was so seamlessly. From LSU to to to, to the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, I, I like the game plan that they had that they did over there for 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 the Bengals. And um, I know a lot of probably Kansas City Chiefs fans going to complain about the the little call and the referee. I mean, it is what it is. The referee didn't give up two hundred and sixty six yards. You know what I mean? So, sure didn't. Is it, so it's, it's a lot of things that go into it. But of course, it would would have made a difference. Absolutely, that call would that false start would have made a difference. But it's not the end all be all for why that team lost. Why the Kansas City Chiefs lost today in their winning streak that they had going on, and I know that hurt the Chiefs because I took them out of the one seed in the AFC. So, but yeah, mine's gonna be uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They're the AFC North champs, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see how they do in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I started to write the Bengals down to write Jamar Chase to write Joe Burrow, and but then I was like, nah. We've done the Bengals a lot, yeah. so I can't do it. So I crossed it out at first. I did it because, you know, they, they are rivals to, to, of course, my Baltimore Ravens. But like I said, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Absolutely. I mean, I love to see it, and they're deserving. 
my only initial like hold back before I figured then I was like, you know, someone's going to someone's going to put them down. I don't want to do the Bengals because they 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 we've done the Bengals a lot in an ICU. But then I was like, you know what? Today they did a lot. So why the hell ain't they there? <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad I'm glad that someone landed them in here. They definitely are deserving of it. And what a right time to go from a 525 yard game to a 446 yard game when just three weeks ago against the Broncos, that offense looked somewhat lifeless. Crazy. Just crazy to get it clicking and crazy to see them lock it up. And I had I had Zach Taylor as the automatic number one with a bullet Black Monday candidate. And here he's gonna go into this this Monday following week 16, wrapping up the division. Salute, sir. Salute. They just uh, they just announced they moved your guys' game to Sunday night. Oh, okay. Let's go. I'll, hey, you know what's crazy? I was hoping. Bro, I thought they were going to do that because it, it's like the decision on who gets in. Right. Well, because the Rams and the Niners, too. Those two yeah. games. You right. know what I mean? So I was hoping that whatever game they move, they happen to move us up. I'm just hoping that it's up on Sunday night and not on Saturday night. Just because the whole event that we got going on Saturday night. So I was I was hoping that it was going to be Sunday night because I knew they were going to move us up. But Yeah, so they, they made the Saturday game Chiefs at Broncos at 1.30 and then Cowboys-Eagles at 8.15 Saturday. And then you oh, guys got moved to the Sunday night. Damn, they okay. moved the Rams and the Niners. So I guess we're just going to have to watch the Rams and the Niners during the day. Yeah. It can work. They'll probably be in that initial uh, primetime Fox window. They might give them what? Like uh, this NFC might give them uh, the the um, Joe Buck and the Trey, the Troy call that day yeah Josiah who's your ICU who do you want to lead off with man I got a couple man I'm gonna I'm go I'm gonna go with 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 our guy bro I'm gonna go with Hunter Renfro what's up player I see you I'm gonna go with Hunter bro I you know yes, he only sir. had 76 yes, yards sir. today yes. yeah man I mean he just was clutch and he's been clutch over the last few weeks he hit a thousand yards you know uh uh this for this season you know he's just really he's just really I mean he's playing like a number one wide receiver right now and to be honest with you you know, and I'm not saying this. I mean, and it's easy for any Raider fan to really say this. I wish I would have said something earlier because I've been feeling this way just because of his route running and his hands. But I, I've been feeling like he, even when Ruggs was on the team, I felt like he was by far probably the best. The best. Yeah, oh, yeah. Overall wise. I said that, I've heard that for a long time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with, with hands, the route running, everything, man, he's just, he's tough. He's tough to deal with. He's tough to deal with. I mean, John Gruden was setting out, making up routes for Hunter because of how good he is and how smooth he is with his feet, you know, and um, it's coming through now. I, I was, it's funny cause I was talking to a regular on this show. I don't even like calling him a guest, but I was talking to Corday and we was talking about Hunter and, you know, he was asking why was he not, you know, getting too many, you know, targets and, and, and whatnot at the beginning of the season. And, you know, it was a little bit different. He had a different play caller, you know, players were more healthy. We had rugs, we had Waller, you know, and now we're left with Hunter and a couple other guys, really just Hunter and Zay. Those are the, I mean, if we're relying on Zay, disappointing. Yeah. yeah, you know, so, but Hunter's coming through, man. I'm really proud of him, you know, and he's just, and then, you know, it's crazy too, because he's a tough player, bro. He doesn't talk trash. He, he says, you know, he says the right things at all at press conferences, you know, after the game, before the game, you know, and he goes out and he just he plays his heart out and he just keeps, he keeps, he keeps pushing, you know, so he's actually, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming – I was already a fan of anybody that becomes, you know, a Raider, I become a fan of, obviously. But, I mean, I'm thinking about getting his jersey. He's the next player I'm thinking yeah. about getting a jersey of on the offensive side of the ball. So, 
yeah, I'm I'm really proud of what he's doing, man. And he's getting to the point where he's taking over games. He's effective at at what he does, punt returns or whatever it is, man. He, he had that 47 yarder. Yeah. yeah and, and it, you know his his uh his vision. I mean, he he, he knows the field. He just knows the field, bro. When he catches those the balls coming down for for the punt returns, he knows where the players is at. He knows where to twist and turn and he's a stud, bro. Yeah. He, he's a he's a, he's a stud. And matter of fact, you know, I know there's a few play every every year. Every team probably gets a snub for the Pro Bowl. This is clear. He was Don't, snubbed. Yeah. Yeah. It was clear as day. So yeah, my first one is uh, Hunter Renfro. I had him down. I had him down as an and, and I'll just lead into to, to wrap up the part on Hunter. Other than only other thing I would add, just like you said, he's so underrated, and it's all just been showing ever since he's been a part of this squad fifth round draft pick just what a find and he now moves into second all time in terms of single season receptions this year and he only needs i think what is it nine eight or nine more grabs sorry i don't have this specific number offhand to set the raider record for single season receptions yeah granted it would take him an extra game than anyone's ever had to do it if he does do it next week in prime time against the Chargers. However, look at the the different receivers that have went through this Raider organization. If Tim Brown was, you know, a long bona fide Raider playing with so many different quarterbacks, and had he had a better one for different times, you know, maybe he would have said it. Jerry Rice during the MVP year in which Rich Gannon had playing there, and then even Darren Waller, who I think has the record right now, sitting at one oh seven. I mean, th- this is something that to say that, yeah, he's he, this fifth round pick has been a viable piece, which he certainly has. But not only has he been a viable piece, but that he's going to set records in his first contract. It's amazing, man. That's why I don't even understand how he was a fifth round pick in the first place. Like, dude, because like, we liked him coming out. That's the crazy. Yeah. He was lighting up Marlon Humphrey, Mika Fitzpatrick. Like, he was lighting up these Alabama DBs. And then it's like these scouts are like, well, he's too slow. This and this. The dude's a football player, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand how he got in the fifth round. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Belichick threw a, uh, a Surface, Microsoft, or whoever makes the Surface, Microsoft Surface tablet. Yeah. He threw one at the wall <laughs> when we grabbed him in the, in the fifth round. And if there was ever a video clip that never made its way across the internet that I wish did, yeah, that's probably going to be it. So, yeah. Right. I'll move into my, uh, though, like, you know, yeah, Hunter, I'm with you on that one. But Derek Carr. What's up, player? I see you. Was really the first one I had written down. Derek Carr, and then, like, I mentioned about Hunter. It. Talk about it. Derek Carr today didn't have a great game, a good game. Should have had three t- three turnovers. We talked about this before the show. He did have two bad interceptions. The, the first one that he threw to Deshaun Jackson, if he just puts that ball in stride out in front of Deshaun, that's a touchdown. The game isn't as close as it would have been. Would have, should have, could have. Oh, if this happened, if that. If it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. All those other things. When there was two minutes left in the game and the Raiders got the ball back, I looked over to my dad and I was like, we're winning. And I had, I, I, it was at that point where I realized like how many times I've been critical of Derek Carr, how many times I've praised Derek Carr. I still feel like they're all warranted because I, I measured with my opinion. At least I think I am. But then once I had that one, I was solidified in my measurement because of what he actually did in that one. And that goes into the part of, you know, Hunter Renfro being a part of the ICU with Derek Carr. And this this play on third and 10. Everybody saw it. But everything that went into that play, 51 seconds left, third and 10, tie game. The Raiders are in a four-by-one set. We got trips to the left with Jalen Richard in the gun to Carr's left. 
The Colts show six dudes on the line of scrimmage. You don't know who's coming. On the other side of the trips, we have Foster Morrow in like a little nub look, meaning like he's just slightly flexed out of the right tackle. Right. The offensive line then goes into a full slide on the left because they had four people to the left of Andre James. So the offensive line slides to the full left, leading the most the, the end man on the line of scrimmage on the right side of Carr in a one-on-one with Morrow at the snap. Richard, on his way to a delayed route, chips that same dude. Darius Leonard, the Colts, who will and should be an all-pro linebacker, comes on a stunt and loops around from the left side all the way to the right. Very well called timing stunt and blitz by Matt E. Recluse because I've talked about it on this show and on the Facebook page. Shout out to SSAW about how trash Brandon Parker is at picking up stunts, stunts and loops and twists and blitzes. Just and about here every, come. Yeah. <laughs> every Basically. <laughs> here this fool Darius comes screaming around the corner with one arm, puts it into the solo plexus of Parker and just like slams him into the turf. Coming straight at Carr, who has been known to be shaky in a muddy pocket, who the, the Chargers said Joey Bosa was laughing at how Carr can crumble when these things happen. Carr, right before, if you watch the play, right when the loop comes, he, he notices Hunter, who has Kenny Moore on him in a trail technique while Hunter's on this over route, right? The sixth man in the pressure was Bobby Okariki. He drops to the middle in a zone. Carr then tucks the ball, dodges Darius Leonard, steps up, lofts the ball over Okariki, who's the underneath defender, also over, over Kenny Moore, who's in the trail technique to a spot to where only Hunter Renfro can get it, right? So it's like Hunter makes a great catch. Carr makes a great throw, despite everything else that had gone on that day, despite how the offensive line couldn't handle what the Colts were doing, even though they were put in the same position to do it, Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro delivered. Hunter ended up being down on the play after further review. We take it down to no time left on the clock, and then the man that we gave a contract extension to already this season, Daniel Carlson, delivers another kick based on what Derek Carr allowed our offense to beat him, which was a position to win the game, and keep the season alive. Derek Carr, look, 29-game winning drive since 2014. Nobody else in that time span has that many. While he may get the questions on whether or not he's the dude for the future of this team, and I've been a part of that conversation to an extent, there's one thing that I do know about this guy. When the game is on the line right now, despite whatever else is going on around him, I got my confidence in him, and he delivered again today, and I saw it. All right, Josiah, I know you had at least one more. Who do you have? Who else caught your attention? And it's part of Cincy, man. I, Jamar Chase, bro. Jamar motherfucking Chase. What's up, player? I see you. <laughs> he, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a cold piece, bro. Like, And Henry already, I mean, he talked, he talked about the whole team. He talked about Joe Burrow. He talked about Jamar Chase. He said, you know, I mean, the best young duo. They're probably the best duo right now, period. Would you, you know, put him I mean, over Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams. Adam, that's the only duo where you where I could see somebody say, no, nah, I would have Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams. That's fine. That's fine. Would you put them over there yourself? You know what? I would, actually. Yeah, I would. I would. Okay. I would. Yeah, I would have them, I would have them over. It's just impressive on what Joe is being able to do with an with a average, below average offensive line. And then he's getting sacked all these times. And just the way yeah. they would deliver the ball. And Jamar Chase, he's just, you know, I mean – He's a dog, man. He's a dog. And you're right. We 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 spoke. I'm not gonna go too much into it. 
you know, because we, you know, we're it's almost like the whole Cover Zero podcast is becoming Bengal, you know, uh, uh, I'm not going to say fans, but we just, you know, we talk about them a lot. You know, we, we, we speak about them a lot. We give them, but you know what? The reason why we do for the listeners out there is because we bash what this organization is doing. I mean, just from yeah. the drafting from, you know, even Jamar Chase, as much as we, I think, you know, Henry and you, uh, Jordan, you guys had Jamar Chase number one, I had Devontae Smith number one. So we like the player, and I had I had Jamar Chase number two. We liked the player and all of that, but we didn't like the pick. We thought they should have went off the line because of Joe Burr coming off the ACL, then the whole offseason. You know, I spoke about it a lot. I'm not going to go too much into it no more, but it's just impressive what they're able to do. Henry was the highest on his team as far as wins. He didn't have them win the division, and he didn't have them making the playoffs. That's how impressive this team has been. And then, like you said, we had Zach being fired. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely didn't have them making the playoffs this year. So they deserve it. And this player, this this wide receiver Jamar, man, he he's he's killing it. He's killing it, man. He's killing it. So uh that's my other ICU. My other ICU is Mike Vrabel. What's up, player? I see you. Today they move themselves into the first place in the AFC. They're playing against a, another Belichick disciple coach team. We all know how pro Brian Flores' this podcast is. We talked about it. This was one of the games that we previewed. We all had it being close. I want to say, Josiah, you had Miami winning today. Yeah, I did. I want to say, in a close one. You know, knocking it out, scrubbing it out. But they got Miami losing today 3-34. to And the reason why I want to bring up Mike Vrabel is not just like, oh, they, they won there in first place. That might be, you know, cool, great job. When Derrick Henry went down, this team was considered to be left for dead. Then A.J. Brown's not there. Julio Jones hasn't really been a key part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold. These are all the names that we know. However, this Tennessee Titans team has set a record this year in terms of the most players that were used on a roster. The team that had the record prior to them was San Francisco, and that was set in 2020. Everyone's very well aware of the record that the Niners had. They went six and 10 in 2020 and it was on the back of all those injuries. You know, when you have all those injuries, what can you do? Yeah, I get it. Very good point. In 2019, Miami, they had 84 players go down as well. And they went five and 11. Philadelphia had 81 in 2020. Jacksonville also used 81 and the jets in 2020 also used 80. All of those teams had a losing record. The team that had the most wins out of all those previously mentioned teams were the Niners last year who had 84 players used and went six and 10. The Titans, yeah, they had already used more than 84 in the middle of November. And yet they sit here in January with the number one seed in the AFC. Crazy. It, I mean, it's just, it's, it's That's nuts. That's a great one. That's a great one. Because we I mean, all had, not to cut you off or anything. No, keep going. No, we, go ahead. We just thought Tennessee was not dead in the water. We knew they would, I think we all felt like they would make the playoffs still, but we thought that they was going to struggle because their main formula is running the ball. And even throughout their, their wins and, and whatnot, when they were barely coming through and they had a down period and they came up, you know, they want to come. The run game still wasn't all of that. They had a couple, you know, they just, they didn't look the same, but here they are. Like you said, number one, in the AFC It's crazy. Mm-hmm. crazy. And the thing too, with the run game, yeah, it's not what it was with Derrick Henry. Clearly, it's not. He's still top 10 in various categories, statistical categories across the scope of the entire NFL. But Dante Foreman, yeah, again with 100 yards today, 
yeah. again with five yards per carry. This Dolphins team was a, was in the top, close to the top ten in terms of yards allowed as a defense on the ground. And today, Dante Foreman had five yards per carry against them. He had a hundred in various other performances. I say all that to simply say that look, when this team lost Henry, like I said, thought the run game would go away. And Dante Foreman still being able to do that behind an offensive line that's had dudes in and out of the lineup and playing in, in games on Sundays. And then come the start of the regular season, Dante Foreman was not even on a roster. He was nowhere. He, got, he ended up getting cut on September 3rd from the practice squad by the Falcons, who were scrambling around so much trying to find someone to, to man the backfield between Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis. And then from the beginning of September until the beginning of November, Dante Foreman was just chilling on the couch. And now he is a component to this run game and to this offense that when Ryan Tannehill falls back into the depths of being the Ryan Tannehill that we knew when he was over there in Miami, you have at least something to rely on to do it. And just the only way that all this happens, your first round pick, who Caleb Farley, who hasn't even been a factor in the entire season, you have all these different things that go into the shape of this to, to shape this year, and yet you still sit there in first place. That only happens if you have a solid coach to keep the continuity on that team together the way that they have. So yeah, Mike Vrabel, I see you. We'll now move into our other segment. What's going on? Hello, Cover Zero. This is the NFL Exec Office. How can I help you today? What is going on? Basically, if you listen enough, you know this segment is the area where we, if we had a time to sit down and need some explaining and maybe need an explanation from some unit, some person, some coach, something, somebody, and we want them to explain it, the, we want that other person in front of us to be like, well, what happened was, that's what this segment is for. What's going on? Henry, who's yours? This is a what's going on and it gets you some help. Antonio Brown. What is going on? I had him to speak on it. Man, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody didn't see it. Literally took, took the jersey off, threw it, took his shirt off, threw it into the crowd, and literally walked out midway through the game. That might be the first time in NFL history. I know we have Vontae Davis. He retired during the game. But for this, for, for Antonio Brown and, and – because Tom Brady believed in him. Tom Brady wanted him on the team. Tom Brady fought for him, fought for him to, to stay on the team, especially after the whole um, fake vaccination card and all this other stuff. And he just pretty much just said, forget the, forget all that what you did for me. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. And obviously, we don't know. Of course, we, nobody knows the whole full story going on. But what he did today for sure was not the, the answer to whatever did happen on the sideline in the locker room. Or whatever, but of course, Bruce Arians already came out and said he is not a member of the team no more. So uh, yeah, Antonio Brown get you some help, and uh, man, yeah, he's for sure. I guarantee you, he's one hundred percent done in the NFL. Yeah, I had him down today too. And what's been reported up to this point is that Bruce Arians told Antonio Brown to get into the lineup. They called the formation, and Arians said he wanted him to be a part of it, and Brown refused. So then, all right, they went back out there. They called a play, and then Arian said, hey, all right, let's go. Now you're in. Brown refused again. And then as soon as he looked at him, he goes, well, fine, you're done. Get out of here. He started losing his shit. He started getting upset. Mike Evans went over to, like, calm him down, try to reason with him, try to, like, talk some sense into him. And then from that point on was 
the visual and the video that I'm sure that everybody saw, like you said, him taking off his pads, him chucking it on the sideline and, you know, doing what he did. And like you cut immediately, didn't get to travel back with the team. And he also missed out on, this is just more of where we realize that it's not just like this dude, this dude, it's not just your typical, like, you know, he's, he's acting out or whatever it might be. This dude actually does need mental health. And we have talked about this for a while. And he was, like you said, doing, doing well for a time period because he lost out on more money than that he would have had with bonuses that were in place that he was very close to achieving. So if he would have had eight more catches, he would have landed himself a $333,000, 333 contract bonus. That same figure also would apply if he reached another 55 receiving yards, as well as another amount, it's another same dollar amount bonus if he would have got one more touchdown. So to basically put it like this, he was eight grabs, 55 yards, and one touchdown away from an extra million dollars. But this is what he did. Who knows what he's doing? We'll have to wait to see what more comes out. But yeah, 100% agreement with you, bro. This, we won't see him anymore in the NFL. It's going to be pretty bad. And uh, right now, I guess maybe my bookie, or at least I hope they do, has some type of odds when we see him box one of the Paul brothers, at least at some point in time, because I could really see that happening. Josiah, who gets your what's going on? Yeah, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm not giving him no type of attention at all. All I'm going to say is just get some help, period. Team, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the the Washington football team, man. I'm just What is going on? I'm just disappointed. You know, I, I really felt like this team had a chance to really win the division this year. I know it I felt like it was going to come down between the Cowboys and the Washington football team. I just really like what they did as far as the pieces they added. I get it. You know, they didn't have a star QB out there, you know, but the, just the defense, you know, and somebody, Jack Del Rio, for him to be a defensive coordinator and to be somebody that, you know, uh, is known around the league as far as, like, building defenses and, and, and being a, a solid defensive coordinator and on top of a solid head coach, you know, for him, th- th- I've seen too many collapses. And I've seen one, I've seen it today, you know, they, they, they had the Eagles beat. And they allow, you know, uh, just unanswered points in the second half. And it's just unacceptable, man. That team is built. You know, that that team is, you know, that's a defensive team. And like I said, again, Jack Del Rio is a defensive coordinator that, you know, most people, I think all of us respect in some sort, you know, mm-hmm. especially calling defensive plays, especially if that's all he's doing. They need to get that fixed. And, you know, it's crazy, too, because, Again, going back to the you know the QB situation, I know the offense is struggled. You know, I and 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 Heineke, there was one point where I know we're in the playoffs. They felt maybe some you know Washington football team fans felt like maybe he was the future and whatnot because of how good he played in his first game versus you know Tampa Bay. You know, but he's not the answer. I, I didn't think at that point he was the answer. He still needs to prove himself, and here we are. You know, uh, and and everything, and and they were still, they were still in the mix. You know, before today's loss. So, I I get it. The offense is is struggling, but that defense, you know, you have to be able to close out games. And I've seen too many collapses. So my what's going on is really the Washington Football Team's defense and Jack Del Rio. I got you. My my other what's going on, I would have to move to the Dallas Cowboy offense. What is going on? Today they played against the Cardinals with the number one seed in possible, possible reach. 
They would still need some help, had to win, but they could have been alive for that. And yet and still, this offense was flat until the fourth quarter. It took them three quarters to finally wake up against a depleted Cardinals defense. We talked about it on the preview show. And yet Dak comes in here. He had accuracy issues all game long, whether or not the ball was tipped, whether or not he was throwing the ball late, whether or not he was sailing them over the top of the head. And then even when he might have been on target to Tony Pollard, to Zeke, to whatever intended receiver it was, it seemed like there was just drops galore, misfires, and no matter what, no rhythm could be really established. There was a point in the third quarter where there was four minutes left to go. Dallas got the ball for what looked like probably one of their last drive. It ended up being their second to the last drive of the quarter. At that point, they had zero total yards in the entire quarter. Zero total yards in the second half after three drives. This was pitiful. You have an offensive line that's one of the best in the league when you look across the, you know, from left to right. May not be as good as it was losing who they did, sure, but you still got Zach Martin. You still got Tyron Smith. You still have very capable people playing on that depth chart, playing on that line. And yet and still, you have the offensive line that was flagged for five penalties, all of which that occurred on third down. What is going on? This is a game against a team that you are likely to see in the postseason who may even end up being healthier when it comes time to play against them. And yet the offense is completely lifeless. Between Zeke and between Tony Pollard, you had 25 yards on 12 carries. Granted, probably Kellen Moore should have went to go to them more like you had talked about in the preview of Josiah. I get it. We all know the deficiencies with this run defense, even when they're at full strength that exists over there in Arizona. Come on, guys. Like, there, It's not just one person on this offense that I can point the blame to. It goes to the head coach. It goes to the offensive coordinator. It goes to every single person who had a hand in it. And now you have basically this scenario where you're going to likely have to go on the road to some degree. You could have had it to where you maybe would end up being the number two seed with in a position where you at least control your own destiny far more than you do now. And you deliver this performance for three quarters in a game that was basically basically a playoff game, considering the people that you were playing against on the other side of the ball. What's going on, Dallas? If you're going to want to be able to show something in the postseason, we're going to need to see a lot more than that. So that's my other what's going on. Well, we got one more week of the regular season. The first time we will have a week 18 uh, on our hands and be able to watch football for one more week. You know, it's it's nice to see all those other teams that I mentioned before. Right now, if the, if the playoffs would have started, this would have been the last that we had seen of them. But for those fans of those squads, you get to watch your, your team once more. Before we get out of here, I got to give a shout out to Brandon Little, Sports Illustrated. And follow this man on, on Twitter. He's given away a lot of different giveaways for jerseys and things like that. He's a big supporter of the show. Shout out to him. Be sure to check out our sponsors, MyBookie, Megaseats.com, as well as I Am Wise Coffee. And we will see you guys on Thursday with a jam-packed show full of previews leading up to the last week of the season and possible playoff scenarios. It's Cover Zero Podcast. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements to CoverZeroPodcast at gmail.com. To find all of the links to follow us on social media, and also to find more exclusive content, visit us at tssaw.com. See you next week.